Some say that alongside this see-it-to-believe-it world is the shadowy realm of the supernatural. Sometimes the residents of that dimension touch us, and in one moment, our lives are changed forever. America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers, Mary Ann Pohl, is your real ghost chatter host. On this podcast, you'll hear stories by real people who have seen real ghosts. Gordon tells us about an unwelcome encounter with his dead father-in-law, and Lori tells us about a dead logger who looked for his wife and daughter for years after his death until she helped him find peace. Then there's Victoria, who shares her story of a long-dead pig, Edna June, who still watches over her ranch. Did you know a cafe in Anchorage, Alaska is haunted by the ghost of a woman who was blown to bits by a hired hitman? Once in a while, Mary Ann will podcast a tale taken from the genre she loves best, the supernatural. These are just a few of the stories you will hear, and these stories just keep coming. Welcome to today's Real Ghost Chatter episode. I'm Marianne Paul, America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers, a charter member of Author Masterminds, and your host on Real Ghost Chatter. I am so thrilled to welcome Anna Maria Salvaggio today. I met Anna Maria at the Imaginarium 2020 convention. I had no idea that she had had paranormal experiences until we chatted a little bit. And ta-da, here she is for us today. Under the name Renmillion, Salvaggio is an illustrator, author, and designer. She has been a working creative since 1986. Living a very eclectic, digitally analog life, Salvaggio has a passion for writing and has worked in and around the publishing industry since the mid-90s as a book designer and editor. Her joys include reading, storyboarding, drawing, and creating worlds from the ground up for her novels. Book trailers and designing associated promotional products are all part of her love of the process. Renmillion, being a renaissance chameleon, is a true jack-of-all-trades as a surface pattern and paper goods designer, zine maker, and publisher. Salvaggio founded and ran global art collaboratives as well as several creative writing groups out of her home for more than 20 years. She teaches online and is always looking for new venues. She currently lives with her husband and daughter in Berea, Kentucky. All three are writers. You can find all this and more at Rhea's main portal on R-E-N-M-E-L-E-O-N.com. Renmillion also live streams her art on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and her writing on Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Twitch, which is R-E-N-M-E-L-E-O-N dot live. Today, among all the other things that you've got to tell us about, you're, you're here to share your paranormal experiences, and I'm really looking forward to hearing about them. And I'm pretty sure our audience is, too. I know you said you had one in a rental house and one on your honeymoon, of all things. Yes. Welcome to the show, and I'm going to turn it over to you. Pick the one you want to talk about first, and then tell us what happened. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, by the way. I'm glad to have you here. <laughs> 
probably the one that stands out the most because it actually involved my daughter uh, as well was we were living in Bellevue, Florida. We were in a rental house that belonged to my best friend at the time, her sister. When we moved in, I generally, when I go into a space, I'll take siege and a drum and I'll smudge it and just kind of say a prayer and clear the area, clear out any stagnant energy, check the house out, see just kind of an overall vibe of the place and get to know it a little bit before I inundate it with all my stuff. <laughs> On this particular moving in pre-smudge thing, I'd gone in and walked the house. There was a mirror on one of the walls in the house. The layout of the house was kind of odd. So you had a carport, which those were popular in Florida. It's just like an open garage. And you stepped up into a Florida room which was just a glassed-in porch before stepping up again to go into the main house. Once you were in the main house, the front door actually led to the kitchen. It was kind of a homemade duplex of sorts, so they had changed the doors around. When you walked in, there was a hallway straight in front of you that went back to two bedrooms and a bathroom. The kitchen was on the left. When you turned to the right, there was kind of a living room area but there was a wall in the middle of the room that ran the length of the hallway. And then it had two openings on either end that had kind of little pantry closets. So you could walk around this whole wall through the living room and back through the hallway or to the kitchen, depending, which was a great feature when my daughter was a toddler because she and her dad would run around and chase each other. <laughs> and uh, thankfully the foundation was sturdy, so it wasn't shaking the whole house when they did it. But they would take turns doing the whole, grr, I'm a monster. And my now ex-husband, he and I are still friends, running around screaming like a little girl with my daughter making growly noises at him and, and chasing him. So we had a lot of fun with it. But on the right side, on the living room side of the wall, was this big, huge vintage mirror that had like the dark mahogany with kind of a pointed shape in the, the center. It was rounded on the edges. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this thing gave me the creepiest vibe. It's one of those mirrors where you can kind of see the foil or the whatever oh, yeah. they back it with it starts yes. coming off around the edges and it so it looks dotted and old and that kind of thing mm -hmm. and it just I couldn't we actually pull it off the wall and set it down facing towards the wall on the other side my husband and I had gone in there and I was just like, nope, that's not, <laughs> you're going to have to take that out of here. That's not staying. Um, and it was above a sealed off fireplace that had a non-working electrical fireplace replace it, which we ended up putting a table over it. It wasn't working or plugged in or hooked up or anything anymore, but that whole section of the wall, I chose to put like sage and candles and some other stuff that the anti-juju going, going on in the corner there. So we did get the mirror taken out of it, but it was funny because I had brought in, I didn't say anything to my best friend or to the owner yet. I brought my best friend in first the next day and she's always been very attuned to the energy of a place. And she walked in and picked up on the mirror immediately. She was actually, remember now, she was actually the one that helped me take it off the wall and face it towards the other one. And then we told her sister that, nope, it's gotta be picked up. The other thing I had picked up on was the closet facing the door when you first walked in on that middle wall didn't, it didn't feel bad, but it felt off. 
I kept wanting to look in there like I was letting something out mm. kind of kind of feeling. I would open the door and I got this and I knelt down and got this impression of a little girl. I didn't see anything, but it was just kind of a vibe that I got that there was a little girl in there and she was very sad. And I got the impression that it was, you know, maybe they had been put in there for a timeout. Maybe that wall hadn't always been there and it was actually where she used to play or something. I had no idea. I just knew that she was in there and she was not happy. Mm -hmm. My best friend had picked up on a similar vibe, not necessarily a girl, but sadness. Time went on, we moved in and I caught my daughter who at the time was three and a half. She was kneeling down. The closet door was open. I had never mentioned it to her, never brought it up in front of her, anything like that. I was like, what are you doing, honey? She looked at me and she's like, she's sad. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, that's really weird. This is how it's going to go. <laughs> Who, honey? You know, so I tried to play it cool. You know, she basically described the little girl and she was sad and she wanted to play but she didn't have any toys. I kind of distracted her away from the situation because I definitely didn't want her going into the closet to play with the little girl. And I didn't know, I never picked up anything malevolent or any kind of bad vibe from it, but it was just one of those situations where it was, okay, honey, let's go do this <laughs> kind of thing. Did she um, ever go back? She ended up going to my mother's, to my grandmother's and stayed. For a day really? and I went in sat down took a candle out had a conversation well one-sided conversation but spoke to whatever it was told them that it was okay if they wanted to stay that I'm sorry that they were sad that we were taking care of the house and we would look after it whatever made them sad wasn't there anymore and kind of gave them permission to go mm -hmm. that it was okay or that it was going to be okay. So it was kind of like I was pep talking a little, a little girl, like I would my own daughter. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have an instance after that. Oh, interesting. But it was, it was definitely. I got goosebumps the minute I'm thinking about it. I get goosebumps. Oh, the I minute would too. My daughter looked at me. She's like, she's sad. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> did you ever uh, ask her what the girl looked like, or did you kind of like brush it off like nothing had really happened? Yeah, I didn't want to get her too heavily invested, but at the same time, I wanted to listen to what she had to say, and I've, I've never talked to my daughter like she was a baby or you know there was always levels of information depending on her age Just talk to her you know like an adult I didn't do the baby talk thing except probably yeah. when she was really little you know I valued what she was picking up on because it was obvious that there was definitely you know I picked up on it I knew what I was feeling and she, you know, her information pretty much corroborated. Mm -hmm. It sure did. Feeling. Yeah. And I don't know if my daughter remembers it more of a feeling with her too. I don't think she actually saw anything. It uh -huh. was just, there's something here. It's very sad. It wants to play. It's lonely and not a, a bad thing, just a sad, just a sadness. Huh. So. I think we were blessed in that regard. Yes, it wasn't I think something we were. <laughs> else because you know, walking in and seeing her sitting there talking to 
something that's not there was just kind of alrighty then. <laughs> More along the lines of creepy, creepy. <laughs> yeah, if I was yeah, Catholic, I had crossed myself, you know. If it had stayed, mm-hmm. as long as it didn't cause any trouble, I would have been okay with it probably. And then I would have had to figure out how I'm going to wrangle my daughter and my daughter's interaction with it. Right. So that right. would have, I'm glad I didn't have to do that. I'm glad you didn't either. I, I am because really dealing with children in those situations can be very, very tricky. Yeah. You know, most people would have said, oh, she's just got, in, in my day, you know, when, our, when I was growing up, it would have been, she has an imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. And I think these days, I'm not sure those were always imaginary friends. <laughs> I know. And it makes you really wonder now, knowing things like this do exist, which I'd always been been a believer and had other things that had happened to me not necessarily what I would consider paranormal as in ghost but I had done a trip when I was 13 gone to North Carolina with some friends first time out of the state we were looking for a waterfall you could hear it everywhere that scenario and Mm -hmm. I literally had a bird fly so close to my face that I could feel its wings on my cheek and my nose oh my and it made me stop and if it hadn't i would have gone off the cliff because the waterfall was underneath oh my gosh and i wasn't paying as good attention as i should oh no kidding oh my god you know i was too busy looking around at all the fall foliage and oh uh, yeah yeah so i've had some some really interesting things happen well that was a definite protection i guess it must have been your guardian angel decided to become a bird exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) They, I guess they can do that. You know what I mean? They can do mm-hmm. what they want. Wow, that is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the honeymoon experience. Or tell us, not just me. <laughs> <laughs> my current husband, my daughter's stepdad, mm-hmm. Val, who is also a writer, he and I both have an interest in the paranormal. And we thought that it would be cool since we got married in Florida to have our honeymoon in St. Augustine, which was one of our favorite places in the whole state. Very little Europe feeling, wonderful people that we'd made friends with over the years. And so when we got married, we decided to do the Ripley's Ghost Train. They had a train ride around the, which trolley basically, (laughs) that went around the city and they stopped at, at several points and let us get out with a one of those little disposable cameras uh-huh. and everybody got if you went on the ghost train everybody got a disposable camera and we had actually paid for the extra option i guess of getting the emf emf meter uh-huh and these were just the little rinky dink ones that had the a few lights on the top and there wasn't any of the high-tech stuff that you see now on ghost hunters and those other shows yeah, right but it was fun one of the things that happened was after the ghost train takes you around the city you go through ripley's ripley's the building that they have there in saint augustine is a haunted castle tour that they give you after the train ride according to their lore it used to be a hotel Mm -hmm. that had been owned by marjorie keenan rawlings the author of the yearling which I had gone to her house in the eighth grade on a field trip. Oh, what fun. For, because that's also in Florida. And 
neat old place fell in love with old typewriters because she had one on the porch <laughs> <laughs> so i which i collect typewriters now so i think that's probably where that stemmed from but the tour was interesting because apparently there had been a big party somebody had been murdered and there was reportedly a guest i guess either through journals or through testimonial later who had seen what happened but refused to come forward at the time because he was scared mm -hmm. what they were telling us when we went into his room was that he would pace the floor and check out the door and then come back in when we're standing in the room you know there's probably 30 of us in this smaller room and there was another little room off the side that was just you know i didn't think anything of it usually i have a security background so i don't like having doors at my back i prefer to have my back at the wall so i can see yes. <laughs> what's going on but where we were at in the room when the tour was going through my husband was on one side of the door and i was on the other the door was between us it was pitch black in there i mean like black black can't see your hand in front of your face and i thought it was kind of odd so dorky me having watched all the the paranormal shows decide to snap a photo with the flash in the dark room of course you <laughs> did if I pick anything up. <laughs> well apparently this is happens a lot because they had giant mannequin statue of a bloody butcher with a cleaver knife and blood all over the front of his apron in there and when the flash went off he got a face full of this guy <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> so it startled me the first time not enough to make me jump because i don't usually do that i don't panic until afterwards usually <laughs> but i took several ended up taking several photos because the black was just weird in the photos it showed up because i have my digital camera on my phone and I had the disposable camera and I took with both it's in a box somewhere I have never developed the other camera that they gave us on the tour oh, really? <laughs> so curious to see what it looks like mm -hmm. but the digital camera on my phone the three photos I took there was a dark spot on it that kept growing and I just did rapid photo I didn't move my hand or anything so that was kind of weird the guys talking and at one point somebody walked past me on my right and there was nobody there it felt like somebody had cupped my elbow uh -huh. and then ran their hand down my arm and it was kind of just a very polite you know excuse me you're in my way kind of thing <laughs> and automatically security mode kicked in and i started counting once it left my arm it was one two three emf meter goes off two three meter goes off so really he, i was watching the eff meters go off around the room as he's pacing <laughs> and then the guy at the door has the biggest hit because the guy's checking out into the hallway and then closes the door and then comes back through only wow. ends up in another part of the room and so the guy has never mentioned this room that's behind us <laughs> so at one point i finally before we were about to leave the room i was like i have to i have to ask a question what's this room back here and i said oh that's where he starts his pacing <laughs> oh so good to know <laughs> i'm looking at my husband going okay you see the hair on my arm is standing up uh -huh. so, you know, I mean, it's like literally standing up on the back of my neck and on my arm and it wasn't, but I didn't, I had this kind of like calm creeped out. 
I'm going. And afterwards, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Um, I need out of here. Not like running, screaming, but I don't need to stay here. <laughs> so I'm okay. So you got a picture of, of a dark shadow that grew? Is that what you said? Yeah, because when I did it over my shoulder, I had my hand resting on my shoulder and I didn't move because I didn't really want to see the butcher again. So yeah, I, don't <laughs> I just blame kind you. of flashed it. I did rapid photo, you know, held the button down and did rapid shot. And uh-huh. it got three photos. The first one was normal. The second one had a black dot in the bottom right corner. And the third shot, it was bigger. Uh-huh. So I'm curious what would have happened if I kept well, going, but I'd only too. taken a couple. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see. I want to see what's on that disposable camera. But it's been set our nine-year wedding anniversary on Wednesday. Oh, so, congratulations! By the thank way, thank you. Yes, thank you. You know, nine years. It's probably even though it's been in a box, it's probably not going to be the most accurate film. But I'm still curious because we did go around to some of the cemeteries. It's funny because I'm kind of eclectic Christian, Christian-based pagan is what I usually call it. Just very open-minded. My husband is traditionalist Roman Catholic. And so on his end of the, the spectrum, you have like exorcism and you have all of this this other stuff with Catholicism. Correct. And he and I both have a very respectful view when we're going into a cemetery hi, we're here, we're asking permission, we're not stepping on any graves, we're, you know, say a little prayer, you walk in, and then, you know, invite anybody that wants to talk to us to do so, and had the recorder on the phone, we didn't pick anything up, but I'd be curious to see the photos. I would too. If anything showed up, so mm-hmm. I'll let you know. Oh, I'd love that, I would, <laughs> I, I would love find that. It again. It's in a box somewhere here, but... Yeah, I've I've got so many rolls of film in a box that are much older than nine years. I don't know <laughs> why I, I keep dragging them around with me, <laughs> like something <laughs> developed. So I figure one that's nine years old probably has a really good chance of doing good when you're developing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know after time, depending on weather and how it's stored, it will actually degrade over time, and you'll end up with little, you know, anomalies in right. the film. Right. I've done photo restoration. I've been a designer for 34 years, so I know what certain things look like, so I could probably filter out a lot of it. But with that kind of thing, if there was anything paranormal on it, I don't know. Oh, it'd, it'd, <laughs> we'll be, really, see. it'd be really cool to see. Those are yeah. two really fun stories. I really, when they do the Ghost Hunters and the Ghost Adventures, there's always got this real drama. So mm-hmm. they, it's like they have to make everything so dramatic. And you know, I don't think many experiences are as dramatic as they make them on TV. Mm-hmm. But these are just enough to make you want to not do it. You know, mm-hmm. I. I don't want that mirror. I mean, obviously that may have been, I don't know, maybe it was a residual or it was one of the, you know, a thing that is haunted. Yeah. I don't know about that, but I know the residual, it, it definitely, because mirrors supposedly attract negative energy. They soak it up like a sponge. They can, yes. So, you know, if people were living there and they fought all the time or, you know, if this thing was from the civil war, Right. It oh. had a very long history of right. a lot of different stuff, and I don't know where it originally came from. Now, looking back, I was like, man, I should have taken photos of it and done some re- research. Because I'm a research right? girl now. Yeah, high side, but, high side's 2020, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they ever kept it or not. 
those are great experiences. Do you have others too? I've had a, a couple other like synchronicities where things that have happened, I can't, I had thought of one a few minutes ago and I can't think of what well, it that's was okay because I think if we can, if you do, if you come up with other ones, I'd love to have you come back and share those too. Yeah, that'd be great. It would be so fun. Right now we're getting to the end where we're going to have to wrap up the show, sadly. Okay. Sadly, mind you. <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to add before we close? I know I've talked to you about stalemate. Yes, tell the audience about that. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so I am 50 years old and I went back and got my master's degree when I was about 42, 43. My master's is creative writing, specializing in screenwriting for gaming, animation, film, and television. Mm -hmm. So my thesis was a script. And it ended up being a paranormal thriller or possibly historical paranormal thriller. <laughs> Genres are, are another genre. Another new me. genre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a love for research. I love for museums and auctions and artifacts and travel. And so I have a lot of that kind of entwined in the book. But it goes between not necessarily flashbacks, but it goes between the house's history. Michael Hilpenny, who is my protagonist, comes home to be at his father's funeral. Uh -huh. They were estranged and his parents used to travel the world with him when he was younger, but traveled the world collecting artifacts for the museum that they worked for. Ended up doing it freelance, kept some artifacts for themselves, have their own collection in the house. A lot of the items either have residual, which is just kind of like a recording playing over again right. of that residual items. Yes. Yeah, that uh -huh. item's particular history. Uh -huh. Some of them are intellectual haunts, but there's something else in the house itself because of the house's past history and it's affecting other things. So I've been pouring all of my loves into that and being able to take that from script to novel, going through revisions on the novel, then I'll go back, revise the script and send it off. I'm also doing an educational game that's part augmented reality, part mobile game, part interactive fiction. Oh, wow. So I'm playing around with some things with that that eventually I will send off and see if I can get designers. I don't know if it's something I'll kickstart or, or what. I'm just work, working on getting the book out for yeah, I know, right? go anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, but I have all of this stuff. And they actually required us when we were writing the script that we had to do Myers-Briggs tests for all of our characters. So I have extensive information that will oh, probably never make it into the book. I would have never. But well. I have other projects. <laughs> No, but it'll make it'll make the book very deep because yes. with that your characters get deep and you don't even have to put everything in it. I did that with my characters. Yeah, There's most things of the time never when I'm writing, they the take book. over. Yeah, they do. They really, really do. She's <laughs> yep. like, what do you mean you went to college? Wait a second. You yeah, know? I, know. I know. I have them. I've had them actually. My characters hit me in my dreams. Like, you know, you need to go write, right? You know, I mean, it's yeah, like, are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I have another book at Anasha that's sitting on the back burner right now until I get stalemate out, and then the characters are pretty much yelling at me at this point, going, <laughs> "Dude, you need to get that one out of the way." I know. Oh my god. Because you need to come work on this again. So, and, it, and we sound really crazy. And unless you're a oh, writer, yeah. you know, unless you're a writer, 
you really do think we're crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm sure. it's a writer thing. It is because thing. the characters become their own people. I don't care what you say mm-hmm. and I cannot ignore them. And they will do things in a book when I'm writing it that I'm thinking, what are you doing, right? Yeah. You know, what are you doing? And sure enough, it ends up being exactly what needed to be done. It's almost like they are their own people. So we do sound like little schizophrenics, don't we? Yes, we do. <laughs> well, that's okay. Yes, people we do. do. What they want. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they buy it, it'll be all right. That's right. As long as they want to go buy the book, who cares? <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask if you would please tell people again where they can find you online. Sure. I'm actually launching a new site and opening a shop this weekend. So that should be up tomorrow. But the main site is renmillion.com. I'm renmillion literally everywhere on every platform online. It's ren, R-E-N is in Nancy, M is in Mary, E-L-E-O-N is in Nancy. So it's short for the Renaissance Chameleon. Yes, which I thought was great. <laughs> yeah, I had to shorten it for the domain name because nobody was ever going to be able to to spell that. So <laughs> Red Million became the, the nickname. It's been that ever since. That's great. Okay. So thank you so much for sharing your story oh, with no us problem. and hope Thanks we'll for- get to have you come back in a bit yeah. and share some more. Thank you for being here. Thanks. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to share it with others you think would also be interested. If you'd like to know more about me, go to M-A-R-Y-A-N-N P-O-L-L.com and or authormasterminds.com forward slash M-A-R-Y dash A-N-N dash P-O-L-L. Until next time, may the wind always be at your back, the sun on your face, and the good Lord walk beside you. <laughs>